are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Dolphins fans, and welcome to this Wednesday, June 23rd edition of Locked On Dolphins. I am your host, Kyle Krabs, managing editor of USA Today's Dolphins Wire, director of scouting at the draftnetwork.com, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan. And ready today to get into a little bit of content that's been provided to us by our friends over at Pro Football Focus, specifically looking at a three-year snapshot of where the Miami Dolphins are as an organization, as it pertains to flexibility, salary cap, draft assets, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, because that is really at the root of this Dolphins rebuild, what this was all about. You think about the team tendencies when Mike Tannenbaum was in in charge and then how they flipped the switch when Chris Greer and Brian Flores took over this team, how the approach to the business side of things has changed and the objective, as Chris Greer stated, believe he came out and, and spoke about it you know, once the initial wave of changes was made, but it was really prominent after they traded Mika Fitzpatrick We're looking to build a long-term winner and a long-term contender here in South Florida, which is something the Dolphins had not done in a really long time. So now that the rebuilding process, if you will, that chapter has been closed, and now we are transitioning into a contender window for the Dolphins, where do they stand as far as maintaining that long-term outlook I think this study that Pro Football Focus has done does a really nice job of looking at uh, the next three-year window for the Dolphins as compared to the rest of the NFL and where they stack up relative to the rest of the league. And then you can compare it to what the Tannenbaum years look like. And you can compare it to what Chris Greer's stated mission statement was when he said he was going to set out and build a long-term winner. Uh, But... Not before yet another dip in the pool of the Xavier Howard situation. I think let's let's call it a situation. Uh, got around to reading some content uh, over the course of the weekend that had been posted, and I read it yesterday in the afternoon. And there was a piece by Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald. And he shared an interesting nugget or tidbit, if you will, regarding the Xavier Howard Miami Dolphins situation. This is directly from Barry Jackson's uh, post from the weekend. Howard is believed to be considering his options at this point. Those options include asking for a trade, something he has discussed with confidants and would not be a surprising outcome. Continuing with... Barry Jackson's quote, whether the Dolphins would consider a trade, even if he holds out during training camp, is very much in question. The Dolphins declined to pursue a trade last October when Howard conveyed to the Dolphins that he was open to it. End quote. So, obviously, we heard and have discussed recently how uh, near the 2020 trade deadline, a team had called the Dolphins inquiring about Xavier Howard, and the Dolphins 
and their relayed expectations were everybody has a price. You want Xavier Howard? Sure, go ahead and give us uh, something along the lines of what the Texans gave up for Laramie Tunsil. Of course, that did not happen. But to hear that Howard himself have the reminder, I suppose, I, I believe this is not the first time that this has come out, but it is a healthy reminder that Howard himself and his team have nudged the Dolphins in the past and said, hey, you know, maybe maybe we ought to go our separate ways and see if grass is greener on the other side. Uh, what that tells me personally is that there is an understanding from Howard's side of the fence uh, that the Dolphins are not going to meet his desires. Uh, and if they are willing to talk business, uh, they may not be willing to come up into the price point that that Howard's comfortable with. It's not necessarily something to just make him the number one paid corner on the Dolphins. This guy wants to be a top paid corner, period. And I understand, again, from Xavier Howard's perspective, his earning potential is here and now, and he's never going to be more valuable than he is here and now playing 16 games and having 10 interceptions. So if he knows he's not going to get paid from the Dolphins, and if getting paid is the most important thing to Zayvon Howard, try and facilitate that maneuver. We'll see if this results in a trade request here this summer. Uh, but knowing that he's he nudged the Dolphins about it last October, is the, the writing on the wall is not great here, if we're being completely honest. But one thing I won't do uh, is read into this from the Dolphins' side of things and get disheartened or disappointed. Because, again, remember, the Dolphins are the team that they have four years of contractual commitments from Xavier Howard at this point. They don't have to do anything. And just because Xavier Howard nudges you to make a deal or you know financially there may be a standoff in the works, you don't have to trade him. I mean, first and foremost, let's remember the Dolphins brought in Jason McCourty and the Dolphins drafted Noah Igbenogany in the first round of the 2020 NFL draft. So uh, that Xavier Howard insurance may not have just been in case his knees give out. They may have felt this was potentially coming because if Xavier Howard signed his contract and sees the market reset the way that it does, he probably felt some kind of way as soon as that traction started happening, especially if he's nudging the Dolphins. Hey, do you want to trade me somewhere else so I can go get paid? By October, I think at the trade deadline, I think he had three or four interceptions. It's not even as though he had proved he could stay healthy for the full 16-game slate yet, and he's already pushing the Dolphins to get traded. So I'm sure the Noah Igbenogany, like, like that's a selection that everybody's kind of raised their eyebrows at. But this context, this added context of Howard's half, not even halfway through the 2020 season, has not even gotten halfway through his second 16-game season of his NFL career, and he's already pushing the Dolphins. Do you want to trade? I'll take a trade. I'll go somewhere else that's willing to pay me more. The Dolphins, though, you know, despite the fact that they have aligned themselves with contingencies here, just because he wants to get traded, I, I'm not trading him away just to trade him away. 
you know, they they played hardball enough with the Minka Fitzpatrick stuff. They could have drugged that out. Ultimately, I think they decided in year one with how far away they were from from contending or how far away they probably felt they were from contending. It was better to get a young player off the roster who simply did not want to be there. But this is a big opportunity. Their asking price was a one. They got a one after 18 games of Minka Fitzpatrick being on the Dolphins roster. They had their asking price met. If the Dolphins are asking for the moon for Xavier Howard and they're not getting offered the moon, but Howard is now going to request a trade, I'm not going to fault the Dolphins for not moving him at this point in time because they still have the contractual control. They have the leverage. And Howard can only really press the Dolphins' feet to the fire when he's willing to skip games. That's the moment in which Xavier Howard gains leverage. But if Howard's entire end game is financial compensation. You start skipping games, you're kissing game checks goodbye. So this is a complicated situation for Howard to try and wrestle some leverage away. And I applaud the Dolphins for not panicking and just moving him because, oh, Xavier, he wants to get paid more. Uh, we're not going to do it, so let's get what we can. And, you know, if we have to draft into the corner, we could do it. they just drafted a corner in the first round last year's draft. So they are well aligned. And then they bring in McCourty as well. So you got multiple options to play on the outside. Justin Coleman's competition to play in the slot with Nick Needham. Javon Holland can play there from a versatility standpoint. You got a lot of options with or without saving Howard. And that Igbenogany contingency, I think you get a little bit more clarity hearing, yeah, Zavin Howard's pushing the Dolphins, do you want to trade me? Midway through this past season, when he hadn't even played a full season yet under his new contract. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to get in on all of your favorite sports action. Whether you're looking for Major League Baseball, the NBA, NHL, UFC, you name it. Bet online has everything that you need. You could swing over on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information available to you. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKEDON. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So let's shift gears here. Let, let's take a look at this study that was conducted by Po Football Focus. Uh, really interesting look as far as the criteria that they've pieced together. Their first bit of criteria was rookie contract players slash active draft capital. So players, rookie contract players currently on the roster. An evaluation uh, of what those players give to the team. Obviously, Miami has had a massive influx in each of the last two years. Objective being applying a numerical value to those players on rookie contracts. Uh, quoting from the PFF story itself, this aims to capture both the value of players like Trevor Lawrence who have not played an NFL snap and the total potential of surplus value each team has from rookie contracts. The NFL rookie wage scale made draft picks more valuable than ever 
before because not only are you adding quality young talent, but you also realize significant savings as compared to, compared to the veteran player market. Therefore, there's a clear connection to forward-looking cap space with players on rookie contracts. So the Dolphins, their active draft capital is number 10 in the NFL as far as players still on rookie contracts on the roster, 10th in the league. Projected effective cap space from 2021 to 2023. For the 2022 season, they're using the $208.2 million ceiling that the NFL and NFL PA agreed upon in June of this year. For 2023, they are using a projected $225 million cap ceiling. The 2023 cap could or be higher or lower than that. Uh, but the projected cap space that they are accounting for is utilizing effective cap space, which is uh, the 53-man projection. So what they do is they look at how many players do you have under contract for 2021? Everybody's full. For 2022, some teams have more or less than 53 players under contract. And for 2023, and every team is going to have less than 2020 or then 53 players for 2023. And what they do is they calculate the veterans minimum and they take however many open spots you have and they calculate those players as projected veterans minimum players and they do the math. Uh, In that group, the Dolphins, a three-year sample size, the Miami Dolphins are 12th in the NFL over the next three years from 2021 to 2023. And of course, they are pinched this year much more so than others as they've taken on some dead cap to get out of some contracts that they brought on last year and say what you will about that. But at least the Dolphins have transitioned away from those bad contracts and have not crippled themselves with dead money in the process. 2021 to 2023 prorated money. This is looking at how much teams have deferred money that's already been paid out into future years for 2021, 2022, and 2023. The Dolphins in this category, ninth. This is the Mike Tannenbaum stat. This is the area in which teams in the past with the Dolphins are going to give a guy a big fat signing bonus. They're going to prorate it out over four or five years. And then a year into that, when they need to sign somebody else, who's a 32-year-old guy who's probably seen his best football played behind him, but you want to get him on the roster because you want to address a need, you then restructure that contract you signed a guy to last year, and you take all of the base salary that that player had, and you convert that into a signing bonus, and you add that onto the money that you paid him in guaranteed money last year and rolled over five years, and you convert his base salary into another quote-unquote signing bonus, and you add that on top for the next four years. And lo and behold, this player continues to get worse and worse as they get older and start slowing down. But you have, because you've kicked the can down the road three times, you're looking at a guy who's going to be 35 years old, stopped playing his best football four seasons ago, but you restructured his contract twice, and he's got a dead money cap hit of $11 million as his 35-year-old season. The Dolphins are not doing that now. They're ninth in the league in this capacity. Number one, the Indianapolis Colts with $38 million in prorated money over the next three seasons combined. 
Miami, ninth with $106 million. The Philadelphia Eagles are dead last as things currently stand with $190.6 million in prorated money over the next three seasons. Money that's been guaranteed, that has been split over those next three seasons. That's the kind of company you don't want to keep. That's no good. Top 51 veteran valuation, another category that they looked at. What is this? This is a total valuation of the club's top 51 players, excluding draft picks who have not played on the roster. This is effectively a financial synopsis of where your team is at now from a cost perspective. The Dolphins in this group, 20th in the NFL. And a 2022 unrestricted free agent valuation assessment. This is attempting to look at uh, the value of the contracts for the life of the contracts for players that are expiring contracts for 2022. So, of course, uh, Jerome Baker's no longer in this category for Miami, but you do have Mike Gusecki as somebody who certainly qualifies at this point in time, Emmanuel Lagva. Uh, the Dolphins, their collective group is 21st in the NFL in this group. So the top 51 veteran evaluation for the Dolphins and their upcoming free agent class are the two areas in which the Dolphins are not scoring in the top half of the league, but that means they've given out big contracts and they have players who are going to require more big contracts after the 2021 season. But they still ranked 12th in the league in the entire exercise. And when you look at the youth of the roster, they're 10th. When you look at their effective cap space over the next three years, they're 12th. And when you look at pro-rated money, they're in the bottom 10 in the NFL as far as commitments over the next three seasons. RockAuto.com is a family business who's been providing auto parts customers with high-quality service online for the last 20 years. So whether you're shopping for engine control modules, brake parts, taillights, motor oil, or even new carpet for your classic or daily driver, RockAuto.com has everything you need in one easy-to-navigate catalog, and in just a few clicks, you can get everything delivered directly to your front door. Best of all, price of the same at rockauto.com for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why would you shop anywhere else and spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So visit rockauto.com for all of your auto parts needs and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Not only does it taste like candy bar, it tastes delicious, but that's neither here nor there. Right now, 10 plus flavors to choose from at builtbar.com. 100% chocolate on their bars, high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar. So whether you're looking for something that's a meal replacement, you're looking for something as a midnight snack, dessert, post-workout, grab-and-go, you name it, Built Bar can be it. And right now you can visit BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and save 15% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 and save 15% off your next order of the world's most delicious protein bar. What are you waiting for? Go grab yourself a box, and you can thank me later. So all of these dynamics in play for Miami, they, they have an expensive roster right now because they did go out and spend and brought in some talent. 
And they have young players, the Emmanuel Agbas of the world, the Jacoby Brissettes of the world, the Mike Gusecki's of the world, who are projecting for 2022 to continue to cost a significant amount of money. Uh, but the Dolphins, because of their influx in young talent, have one of the highest populated groups of young, cheap labor in the NFL. They've given away some of the least prorated money, and they have some of the best spending power in the NFL over the next three seasons. That, my friends, is Chris Greer's blueprint and ideology at work. If you have any question, because the Dolphins spent a bunch of money in free agency in 2020, or they brought in Will Fuller, if you have any question, if, if Chris Greer is or is not fulfilling his obligations, they have assembled what we perceive to be a talented football team, a football team that has some of the best talent that we've seen here in Miami in quite some time from top to bottom, and it's a bunch of young players. And whilst doing that and paying guys to come play here, he's managing to preserve your snapshot for the next three years of having optimal flexibility because they're in the top 10 in young talent in the NFL. They're in the top 12 in spending power over the next three seasons. And they're in the bottom 10 of deferred cap commitments from guaranteed money. It's a master class. And by the way, the team's overachieved each of the last two years. They won 15 games over the last two seasons. Everybody had them down for seven combined. Call it the worst team in NFL history. Worst roster in modern NFL history in 2019. Week two, it happened. Somebody actually said that. They won five games. They were really aggressive. Improve the team to win 10. And oh, by the way, they still got out of some of those bad contracts they gave out that they gave out because you have to pay somebody to play your positions and you want to try and compete and get better and have leadership. I was stoked when I read this synopsis and breakdown. I'm like, hell yeah. Chris Greer put this on the resume, man. Hang this up in the office. It's the affirmation that you are a certified badass at building a team. You're doing everything you said you were going to do. And you're having your cake and eating it too, as far as having a talented team. You're paying guys to come play here. Didn't even mention Will Fuller when talking about pro uh, projected 2022 free agents. And we'll see if they give out more contract extensions. And if they do, that will reduce that 2022 unrestricted free agent valuation and it will increase the prorated money and decrease the spending power over the next three seasons. But Miami's got a pretty good wiggle room right now. They get a $13 million lead on the team that's in 14th and they're in 12th and spending spending power for the next three seasons. The team that's sitting in 13th has 135. That's the New England Patriots. Miami's got 143 and a half. So they get an $8.5 million lead on the Patriots for the team next below them in three-year spending power. 
Pittsburgh Steelers, by the way, first place in that category with $231 million in spending power over the next three seasons. But when you piece the whole thing together, all five of those categories, active draft capital, 2021 to 2023 effective cap space, 2021 to 2023 prorated money, top 51 veteran valuation, 2022 unrestricted free agent valuation. You average them all together. The Dolphins are tied for 11th with the Baltimore Ravens. That's a good spot to be in. Top third of the NFL. The only team in the AFC East with a better outlook over the next three seasons in this exercise than the Dolphins is the New York Jets. And it's because they're second in the NFL in effective cap space, and they're second in the NFL in prorated money over the next three seasons because they're not paying anybody because their roster's trash. Buffalo Bills are 14th. New England Patriots are 21st. So Miami, in year three of a rebuild, of the teams contending in the AFC East this year, their three-year outlook is the best from a spending power and assets perspective. You got to love it. You absolutely got to love it. And you guys are going to love what is coming on deck for us tomorrow. I'm not going to spoil it. But all I'm going to say is you're definitely going to want to tune into tomorrow's show. It's a really fun exercise, a continuation of something that we did last week uh, with a different spin. Kyle Krabs, thanks as always for listening to Locked On Dolphins. Fins up. Keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. Hope to talk to you guys again tomorrow.